a body positive podcast with Midwest sensibilities. Hi, I'm Kat Palavoda, a local fat feminist, shop owner, and okay, to pull back the curtain, I leave this part of my intro till the very last minute every time. Um, and this time, this is all you're getting. I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Saraya Bogani. Hi, I'm Saraya, a fat multiracial Minneapolitan millennial who still has the will to find a silver lining and procrastinates in like basically every other thing except this part of the show. <laughs> so that's all you're getting. <laughs> On Matter of Fat, we're here to talk about the cultural politics of fat liberation with a Midwest perspective. And um, whoa, this episode marks the end of season three. Wow, 2020 was a dumpster fire. But let me tell you, spending seven to ten hours a week on FaceTime with you, Soraya, was really, really great. Uh, absolutely. We've had so little stability this year, and it was a pleasure to see your gorgeous, digitally transposed face every <laughs> week to talk about our woes and our wins. Oh, and you know, I hope even a fraction of that stability and joyfulness has come through to our audience over our various interviews and episodes and mini-sodes that we've shared this season. Me too. This year's been rough, but you know us. Gotta balance the bleak with the celebratory. Because it's the end of the season and almost the end of the year, our final episode of 2020 is going to mirror one we did last year at this time. The bests! It's the bests, babes! We're going to recap and share some of our third season bests as, as a, a matter of fact. The end of the season, the end of the year, you know, it's a great time to look back and what a better way to focus on the delights and successes of 2020 than with the format we popularized last season finale, The Bests. Yes, definitely popularized. And I think <laughs> we can claim that because it was one of our most popular episodes last season. Also, us taking the time to talk about all of the great things this year isn't an attempt to be glib or ignore the heartache and pain we have all endured so consistently and in such different ways this year. So us reviewing the season is an observance of our gratitude for the resiliency and joy that have coexisted this year. Absolutely. It is both and forever. Mm -hmm. uh, but with this episode, you know, we're really looking forward to sharing some of the more joyful bits of 2020. Yeah, so where to start? Honestly, I think all of our episodes and minisodes were the best, <laughs> especially all of the great folks we got to talk to. Ah, oh, the people. Okay, yes, that is exactly where we should start. Um, let's dive into a recap of everyone we featured on the episodes and some minisodes this season. Let's just like go chronologically and share a few things we particularly enjoyed from those interviews. Hmm? I love it. I love it. Okay, so okay. first, uh, our first interview of the season was with Kachina Yeager. Love Kachina. <laughs> love her. Was, what a great way to start the season, honestly. It was so good. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I really appreciated so many of the things that we talked about. One very specific piece comes to mind. Like when she was telling her story as a matter of fact, she mentioned this like NPR moment when she was like in the car listening to Lindy West talk um, and was just like so captivated by what she was saying. And like they arrived to the destination and we're still in the car listening on the radio. And like I just, um, oh, this is beautiful and like still sticks out to me from that interview. She just did such a great job of describing that moment. Mm -hmm. Like I think they were driving up to Superior or along somewhere north. Yeah, like a very. Minnesotan moment mm -hmm. to have that realization. And then she also did such a nice job of explaining how 
like her work with cake and you had oh. also transformed her like fat identity. Yeah. I was beautiful. Also, it was really nice to hear about her her work through Milkweed Editions. Um, and just talking about books generally was a fave, <laughs> especially for us, right? Yeah. And I mean, you have always been pro-romance novels in a way that like I haven't really wrapped my mind around. Um, but she gave me, uh, you know, time for a moment of pause, some food for thought, because you know, romance novels are prolific and well-written and there's just different varieties of them. And so that actually helped me check out some new literature this year. So that was a good, a good prompt for me. And one of them that she recommended, we both read and we both liked, right? Beach Read? Yeah. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed that. It was really a really good enjoyed one. That. Another really cool thing, which like, oh my gosh, if we take this long talking about everyone, oh no. this is going to be the <laughs> longest episode, so we got to pare yeah, it down. But I like, know. clearly we love everybody. Yes. But Christina talked about um, like her exploration of her indigenous language and like what that meant to in her work with Milkweed Press. And so, oh, so many great recommendations, so many great things to check out. Please go, go back and listen to that episode. It was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And now we really do have to keep her moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's keep oh. her moving. Let's go to Alex. And we talked to Alex Jacks. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, where what was what stood out to you the most in our conversation with Alex? I I guess it was another one of these things that he was sharing in his story, as a matter of fact, and just talking about like growing up um, in in Wisconsin and like having to acknowledge like the sort of messed up land politics with the Oneida tribe that was like where he grew up around. Just the way that he talked about that was really thoughtful and and interesting and like made me want to dive deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he did a fabulous job of modeling how to talk about identity as yeah. well. I thought as like, you know, a white man in my in my circle, he always just is so conscientious. And I think that makes sense because he has an education background. Right. So I thought it was cool to hear about how when he was growing up, um, you know, music and art teachers really allowed him to explore what he was good at and move forward with that. So that made sense. Yeah. And it was oh, great. It's it just, great. this is solidifying for me. Like, it's just such a gift to hear about people's stories as a matter of fact, just like the way, oh, everyone's so great. Um, okay. Also, Alex, we talked about NLC, uh, forever fave on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, as you alluded to, we talked about education, specifically disparities in education, specifically here in the Midwest and in the Twin Cities. The next interview we did was with Annie Jansen. We've talked about Annie so much. It was finally time that we Mm -hmm. interviewed her. Um, I mean, I remember it being really wonderful because, one, we got to talk about a a seminal favorite uh, Midwestern conversation topic, which is the weather and season changes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, like, how different that is in the time of a pandemic, which was really beautiful. Um, what, What stood out to you? Uh, I think this is such a silly, fun detail, but she talked a lot about ASDA um, and kind of helped share with us like what ASDA is, what it's all about. And at the time of the interview, I remember her saying like, oh, and the website, it's going to be updated. Um, And it wasn't updated in time for our episode release, but it has been updated since. And I can tell you that it's a lovely website and I'm now a member and it's just like so everything she promised. (laughs) We'll have to link that in the show notes then. 
The Chanel's. Chanel's. <laughs> the Chanel's. We will, we will link. Um, and then I guess also something I really I – mean, this just aligns with stories as a matter of fact, how she spoke about like um, – looking for books about dieting and kind of falling into fat liberation through a search for a diet that would work. And Mm -hmm. this like moment of, you know, a librarian in her workplace, like putting out a book, hopefully, and her thinking like, oh, I think she knows that maybe I'll see this. And then she did. And sort of the rest is history. And like, what a powerful history. Yeah. I mean, librarians are magic. That was a magical moment. Um, And I think for me, like we had wanted to talk to Annie about her kind of research background Mm -hmm. and analytical framework for engaging with like fat liberation. But then she just was like, "Mm, nah, like it, it, as much as that is important and changes the way we talk about uh, fat liberation and fat people's rights, it actually really comes down to just seeing the human dignity and everybody. That was like so powerful. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Like, that's a good call. Because regardless of how you dress up the numbers, because as someone who has uh, did their master's degree in psychology, it's like, yeah, you can study anything. You can, Mm -hmm. you can craft a narrative out of anything. But when it comes down to it, it's just like human dignity is the most important. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, another great one. Okay. And next up, we had our interview with Krista Mims. Ah. Love Krista. Love her. Okay, so I know what I want to talk about. Do you, you know? Go, you go, you go. You talk. I what were go. your favorite bits? Okay. I am so grateful to Krista because um, she is just so enthusiastic about positive change, sustainable change for yeah. our community. And so I got to volunteer for her campaign for the school board uh, election this year. And it was so fun to see what that looked like and the conversations and connections she was making with the community. And I, I do sadly have to share that she did not win the election this year. But it was but so close. So close. Okay. It was 15,935 votes versus 15,623 votes. What is that? Like 312 vote oh difference. My, oh, my gosh. But like, wild. I'm pretty positive that, like, people have not shown up in those numbers to vote in history. So, oh man. Y'all did – you put in work. That is so incredible. Yeah. She and her team and, like, my slight <laughs> – slight phone banking skills um i just like even though she she didn't win i'm just so impressed by the campaign she ran and so getting to talk with her about that and her interest in um bridging some of those educational disparities twin cities super important and she brought up something really interesting about how even though the pandemic is really shining a light on all of these inequalities and inequities you know hopefully it can generate some new ideas some new ways to support those who are underserved and underrepresented underrepresented yes I loved I oh, it was just such a I don't know, delight to like hear about her about her school board um election process and just her dreams and hopes and the things that she values it was just oh my gosh incredible mm-hmm. um and then also I just she spoke a bit about like being um like living in a larger body and being abroad and how that is like different. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And her story about her pants, which is like, oh my God, I think everyone um, who has ever lived abroad ha- who is fat has just like felt the struggle of buying clothes in a foreign country. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that story. 
Mm-hmm. The pants. And also, I mean, I remember her saying too, like, just if there's something you want to do, like you have every right to go do it yes. and explore it and see it. And I think that's like the mantra that I'd have to take with me next time that I can travel abroad yeah. in the future. Yes. A poignant <laughs> and powerful reminder. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's let's go on to our next guest, Show My More. Oh, it was so great to have her on. And so she also has a podcast. And I think that might be our first guest who also has their own podcast. Oh, maybe I'm misremembering. Current, current, because yes. Angela used to have a podcast. Yes, good yeah. recall. Yeah, so it was fun to hear about Show My's burlesque origin story. And like, that's extra special because on her podcast, she talks to other burlesque performers about their burlesque origin stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of fun to just be able to chat. Like, not that it made it onto the interview, but just chatting about podcasting and that yeah. whole process. And I mean, she's based in Chicago. So because of the pandemic, um, we were actually able to extend our reach a little bit as mm-hmm. to who we could interview and when. And that was really cool to be yeah. able to do that. That was so great. I think the final piece I really like enjoyed about our interview with her or the piece that like kind of still sticks out to me is we were talking about like fat community in Chicago and what that's like. And she was like, actually, she kind of offered more of a reframe and was like, you know, for me, it's sort of online. Like I am like on the Internet and like Internet fat community is really where I found my home. Um, And it was just cool to hear her speak to that. Speaking of an online community, we really cast our net even further with one of our mini-sodes where we got to talk to a number of men as a matter of fact. Oh, it was so great. Okay, so we connected with Ben Voaz, Ian Harris, Jeff Jenkins, Koichi McGregor, and Jean-Luc Rousseau um, to talk about men as a matter of fat, which like, okay, we cannot say everything about men as a matter of fat in 40 <laughs> minutes, which even in of itself was like a pretty lengthy mini. Oh, no, that was one of the 50-minute ones, wasn't it? <laughs> Either way, it was a pretty mega mini, but uh, of course we couldn't speak to you know every part of this experience, but it was important for us to talk to folks um, that had you know more experience experiences to share than Soraya or I do on this topic. Yeah, which is fun. It was cool to literally hand them the mic or be able to read their accounts um, for this conversation because it's just us. It's just your girls chatting. Uh, <laughs> but this time we got to hear some really interesting perspectives on what it's like being in the fat community. One of my favorite parts of this was like how there was at one point where I think it was Gianluca who was talking about like fashion and like sort of the need and like kind of wondering like is there the market for the kind of you know men's fashion that like he is hoping can be part of you know our a reality for uh, plus size men and then it was sort of like asked and answered because then a few <laughs> other folks who chimed in talked specifically like without knowing that that was something that had been discussed previously you know they said oh no we want fashion that's this and that and this and it was just so cool how like um it it sort of felt like folks were in conversation with one another even though we got all of their um their perspectives separately Mm -hmm. yeah it was beautiful um i mean like similarly i want to give a shout out to all of the people who submitted their stories or experiences for the matter of fact mini on microaggressions because that was fantastic i am i am just like consistently impressed with people who are willing to share their experiences and then also see that resonate across so many other people's live like lives and livelihoods um and then also we want to give a shout out to susan 
for help with that episode. Yeah, it's so nice to have a bestie who's also an expert in microaggressions. <laughs> and it was just so lovely that she could pop on our pod and share um, a little breakdown of definitions of microaggressions for us. And then I guess the final person we want to talk about, we didn't actually interview, but we spent a lengthy dirt and discourse discussing, and that's Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I. this was back in August, mm. and we are just Stacey stands. You heard it here. You've heard Truly, it in August. Yes. And um, I think what's been cool is just to see her and her work be applauded. Um, and recognized. And recognized, yeah. With everything happening in Georgia. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Stacy for president. Am I right? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's okay. That that was a lot of people. That was so our season, people. though. Oh, there was yeah. That was just so so great. Like I said, the be- everybody was the best. The best. This is like creme de la creme here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We only have the best. Um. So speaking of. Let's talk about our minis for oh, a moment. Another best for us, right? <laughs> so this season we did something totally new and created minisodes based on some of the foundational concepts we explore regularly on the pod. Because like, here's the thing. We know that for some folks, the things we talk about might be like really common or they might understand fully. But for others in our audience, some of like the words or phrases or concepts that we use regularly could be unfamiliar or could use a deeper dive. We also want Matter of Fat to be a resource. That was a huge goal for us um, in our planning for this season. So choosing these topics, often throwing in a whole lot of research and history and packaging it in a relatively short and very shareable mini-sode was our way of creating more educational content for the community. And we know Dirt and Discourse is consistently a fave segment for folks. Um, it's one of my fave segments, too. Um, uh, and our minisodes sort of felt like an extension of that. So not only did we get to break down these concepts, we were able to bring our fun and sassy critical lens to all of them, which had like very strong Dirt and Discourse vibes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it, too. So let's let's talk about it. Let's chat about each of the minisodes we did this season and what we loved about them. Awesome. And we should go, we're going in chronological order again. So if you're following along here, but haven't checked them out, you'll know where to find them. Mm-hmm. So the first one we did was Fat Liberation. Yes. So back in season one, I remember for our first Dirt and Discourse, we did like, a, I did a little bit of sleuthing and a like little bit of investigative journalism. Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like light. <laughs> like investigative journalism light. Yeah. And these minis really like allowed us to do more digging and more research. And I just for Fat Liberation, it was like the history of it all for me. Um, I just I knew these facts like we had touched on these people that we've talked about, about who paved the way for Fat Liberation, you know, the work that they were doing. But we went back and read accounts like firsthand accounts of people during this time and um what was being said and watching their lives kind of um, come together and diverge and see where they are now and Mm -hmm. how it's informed so much of what we're talking about now is just like really remarkable. I don't know. It was really cool. Yeah, I loved it. I'm really proud of this minisode. And it was kind of a, like a powerful one to like our first out the gate, you know, Um, I, I am forever such a fan of the Fat Liberation Manifesto, and I'm so glad we got to, like, spend a little time talking about that in this ep, or this mini, rather. Um, but then also, and this, like, I think it speaks to what you're saying about, like, hearing people's lives, Soraya, but, like, you know, while lots of things change, lots of things still stay the same. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really, it's like hard and weird, but also important to like understand that the things people were calling for 50 years ago are still things that like we are like verbatim saying today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I mean, not to be a downer here, but like, I think that's something we learned through a lot of the history that we looked at and incorporated into most of our minisodes. It's like the things that are happening now, this stuff has been happening for forever. Um, Just, you know, maybe under a different name, but also maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's important and powerful is that now that we can understand what was happening, um, like we can continue to champion it in right. our lifetime. Right. And there has been progress. Um, it's like more people are talking about this than ever before because of technology. Like I remember one thing about that many was that we were amazed at people planning these yes. activities like cross country. Yes. This was certainly before cell phones, certainly before internet. Email. Like, <laughs> like, oh my God. How are you going to organize this like sit-in or like protest at Central Park? Like oh. I have no idea. <laughs> it's remarkable. So, yeah, you're right. I don't mean to be so bleak about it. Like there no. are. there, And I think your technology is a big key here. It's like more people have access to this information and can share this message because um, it's more easily shared. Mm-hmm. It is bleak. Like, I think that's the balance of all of this, though, is that even though we're in the mix of some really hard um, situations, I think there is still progress happening, which is what we got to explore with our other minis, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, including the next one, which is about fat phobia. Yeah, we're going to go all the way back to July 1st with this one. Ooh, so long ago. I know. I mean, I really came in hard with the middle school five-paragraph essay definition. You sure did. Wow. (laughs) It was needed. We defined fat phobia. Um, We shared some amazing articles and research about the origins. Um, There were different examples that we trotted out. And I will say, okay, that banger of a quote from a vet Dion, which I'm going to do it right now. I'm please. Yes. Yes. Read it. Okay. I need the gravitas of that it deserves. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be affirmed by people who understand how crucial it is to love your body as it is. In fact, there's an entire history of people who've done exactly that and fought for the dignity of fat people. You can learn that history and then carry on that legacy. In fact, the movement has been waiting for you all along. <gasps> oh, I just, so oh my gosh. Honestly, out of all of the folks that we referenced, I think that Dion's work is some of my favorite uh, on fat fat stuff, fat liberation, body positivity, fat phobia, etc. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Yeah. This was also where we introduced like Sabrina Strings research too. <gasps> yes. Oh, which is so pivotal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this was a this was I feel like this is a good mini so to share with people who are like, what's fat phobia? Or like, that's not real. Like <clears throat> Hello. Uh receipts have been provided. Uh go listen to this mini so yeah. See the references section. Our yeah. review is ready for a review. Truly. Yeah. And what's cool is that the way we chunked out these first three minisodes is really focusing on fat liberation, fat phobia. And then, of course, we had to bring in body positivity there. So um, I think I was the least interested in this topic. Maybe you were same. Yeah, well, no, well, maybe not. I mean, it's fun to be critical, love to talk a little trash, you know. Um, and I feel like that's what we probably did more of um, about this as a concept, you know. And I think like we do share in the mini, 
personally, like, I don't think that body positivity is a worthless concept. I think that it has value. It is just like so far from what we want and need. Um, and especially for us with our podcast, and I know you and I, Soraya, like we just find ourselves so much more aligned with fat liberation um, and everything that comes with it. Yeah. But it is good to figure out where it exists and where it can help people enter into that conversation too. So, yeah. And I think too, it's like, it was good to be able to talk about this. I mean, we, after all, like body positive, like we talk about that as like our catchphrase to our podcast, right? Like, so it's not as if it's not a word we use. It's a Um, trap. Yes. Yeah. Which we talk about in this mini episode, like (laughs) we get you in and then we uh, tell you all the real deal. Um, But I also think in the same way that like the fat phobia mini episode could be helpful to someone who's like, what is fat phobia? Is that a thing? You know, Mm -hmm. I think our body positivity episode could be helpful for people who think that body positivity is just this like shining, beautiful thing that is like going to save us all. Because like, spoiler alert, it's not. But Mm -hmm. um, it is something that like you can think about and also maybe reconsider Mm -hmm. i love the spoiler alert because like (laughs) this is us recapping everything that we've done this season maybe you haven't listened i hope that you will want to even after that spoiler alert i imagine you will i wonder i wonder like as i just i'm just curious to know like if folks are um listening to this or reading our transcript right now like if they have you know, consumed all of the stuff that we're talking about, or if people are like, oh, didn't listen to that one, maybe I'll pop over, or maybe mm-hmm. I don't need to anymore because Kat told me the premise. So, <laughs> no, 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 you should definitely go listen again if you have already. But, um, what's cool is that we took the mini sods this year as like a really different kind of genre for the podcast, which I enjoyed because these first three were like, let's be super informational. Let's do a bunch of research. And then we're like, let's change it up a little bit. Let's Mm -hmm. do something a bit different. And we were really racking our brains trying to think of what we wanted to hear and what we wanted to talk about. And well, we had like an, a list of all the things we could do and we just like mm-hmm. weren't feeling inspired that day. Like I remember this to be like, well, we could do this and we could do this, but then this next one came up. Yeah. And I think that's also um, in part because this is such a passion project for us. So like anything that we're going to put our, mi- our mind to or our time to, we have to be really enthused about it. Right. Otherwise... I think it comes through for you, the listener, and then also it's just not a good use of our time. So we were talking about this next topic and it just felt like radical and exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was the benefits of being fat episode. Yeah. It just came out of us chatting about like, you know what? Our lives like have been actually better because we're fat. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it was fun to be able to explore that in this in this context. Mm-hmm. Like not to say that it was the easiest thing to put together because right. I think it takes a lot of critical uh, reflection to get mm-hmm. to a point where you live in a world that says being fat is one of the worst things you can be. And then to be like, actually, like, wow, I like mm, was saved from a lot of other shitty stuff because I was fat. Like, how cool. Plot um, <laughs> huge plot. <laughs> um, but Like, for me, personally, three years ago, when we started this podcast, I wouldn't even call myself fat. And here I am recognizing how that oppressed identity can actually generate, like, unexpected skills and abilities. And, uh, like, to hear our some of our followers share their, you know, superpowers due to their fat identity was really rewarding for me, too. 
It was just like, yeah, this this mini so just like felt really good to make and the response to it was really lovely and just like being able to hear, um, yeah, just like you said, when other people shared related to like the benefits they saw to being fat was just very, very special and not like a a thought experiment that I feel like folks often engage in, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, kind of along the lines of like mixing it up with our minis, uh, our next one, we already mentioned a little bit, but it was men as a matter of fat. Um, and it was just so fun. So much fun because when we were writing it out initially – we were kind of structuring how we structured all of our minis where we talk about things. And then as we were chatting, I was like, we should, we should hear. Well, I think you had already proposed the idea of reaching out to these folks to get their, you know, written statements. on Yeah. Some of the questions oh, we had. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, 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 no. We should see if they can record, <laughs> which is a great <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> a really bossy audio engineer no 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 no, no, we, no. Need, we need to hear from them. get that but- audio cat, <laughs> cat. I on it. We did it. you did such a good job of reaching Thanks. out to folks too i really appreciated that well and people like- were easy to work with thankfully so mm-hmm. it was it was just great such rad dudes mm-hmm. honestly and um, a really great mix of dudes too it was awesome and then we kind of brought it back right like to the first three kind of episodes. I that feel we did. like kind of a mix because, like, our fat microaggressions episode, it incorporated people's perspectives mm-hmm. and was very chatty. And, like, we got to kind of share our takes on people's situations and kind of say, like, what we might do or what we thought about it. But we also were able to break down the concept of microaggressions in a way that felt very much like our first mini sods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like the perfect balance of those two. I just. I did talk to somebody about – well, I talked to a few people about that episode, but I think it really hit for a yeah. lot of people in lots of different ways, which is great. Ooh, ooh, ooh so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say that our final two mini-sets of the season did really take on a similar um, – kind of set up to our our first ones. So we mm-hmm. did fitness and fatness, um, and then that was followed by diet culture. Okay, that fitness and fatness episode was so special. Uh, it felt like stars aligning for that one. Truly. Back in, was it February? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we went to DePaul to provide, you know, conversation regarding fat phobia, fat liberation, and body positivity. And on our way back, well, actually, you should tell it. I shouldn't say it. You should tell it. What do you mean? I did that like classic move like, oh, well, like this is really exciting. Oh, no, no. You tell it um, about TPT because that was through you originally. Yeah. So um, like last year, I worked with Diana Frazier at TPT um, and her team uh, to do a piece about me in the shop. And it was really great. And also us. Sorry, I should say like Soraya played a large part in this and Matter of Fat was highlighted. And it was just like such a good experience. And it was really cool how like our Matter of Fat episode the content we shared kind of scaffold, like provided scaffolding for the 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 piece that they did. Um, and so from that, Diana approached us about doing another episode um, where we would kind of have our matter of fat script lead the way to kind of open up to another conversation. Um, uh, and she suggested fitness and fatness. So um, we recorded in February. Uh, it was awesome. Um, but on yeah, we had a pop in 
little few months before the pandemic started. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And we, so we were in, we were coming back from Chicago where we had just done our talk um, and we were in the car uh, together writing this episode for TPT. Um, and then that episode kind of morphed into this mini-sode. Wow. That was like a long story, but an interesting one. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Don't take our word for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like the fact that this script came out of a, like a random, like, slightly generated one for that recording but then became a real script that became a real episode that became um tied to an article that we wrote for tpt i think the fitness and fatness episode where we just talk about how they should be best friends they can be yes they are yeah Mm -hmm. and i like um i think what's also cool is that like we did some research for this episode not as much maybe as some of our meatier mini-sodes but like the research we did for this mini um we did in february before we even had like started to kind of conceptualize what our mini-sodes would actually look like so that's another little special tidbit about this one yeah bts moments in the best i love it well Um, i guess like buckle up because we got some more fun behind the scenes stuff that we'll share um as other bests come along especially if you're already in the car you should have been buckled quick at our ticket my friend um okay let's just do the last the last mini stone was diet Diet culture culture. we hate it it was really good doing the research and just seeing how us as humans just we recycle the same stuff over and over and over again my god Saraya, you took us through like hundreds of years of history thousands thousands oh my god thousands of years of history yeah oh that was wild and really informative that was Mm -hmm. great Oh my gosh. Okay. So we we did wrap up our full interviews, our mini-sodes, but we have more for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, another best this year is that we grew our little team. So this season we had three fab matter of fat assistants, Cindy Cool, Aaron Sandsmark, and Lindsay Binkle. Kudos to Kat for pushing me into this reality of having such a lovely little team. Um, I never could have dreamed it but cat last year was like yeah no we need people. we need it yeah i was like mm, nah and she's like yeah we're gonna do this yeah and here we are um i loved getting to meet like almost all of them irl uh during the interview process because the pandemic was just kicking off oh yeah it was point. right before the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and then we got a wide range of interests from some wonderful folks and just like having this small crew to check in with uh, routinely about the project was so wonderful and they like us they really really like us and we really really like them we love them yes so you've seen our three assistants all over instagram our stories in particular um, and at our pod Lux, but you haven't heard from them on the pod this season so we asked them to share the best parts of their matter of fat experience this season um, and here's what cindy Lindsay, and aaron had to share hey everybody it's Lindsay. I am chiming in about my Matter of Fat Season 3 2020 experience and also just some general 2020 wins. So I was really impressed this year with the um, amount of content that we were able to try out, like the newsletters and the podlucks and the ways that we all use Instagram stories. There was a lot of like experimentation that we could do and that was really fun. Also, being able to listen to, like, a raw episode and help do an edit check was really interesting. Just, like, listening to how the hosts kind of make different pieces of the pod fit together was um, something that I really wanted out of the experience. And so it was cool to hear that. Hey, (laughs) this is Erin. Just want to share a couple of things from 2020 that have been so 
good in this crazy, hard, not so great year. Um, some things that have gotten me through or things that I've experienced. Um, but just right off the bat, I want to talk about how awesome it's been to work on Matter of Fat. Um, it's been really wonderful to help work on the newsletter and and work with Kat and Soraya on new ideas. Um, help Lindsay or work with Lindsay, work with Cindy on all of our projects. And I don't know, just like talking as a team has been really wonderful. And it's been awesome getting to know everybody. It feels like another network I get to, I get to tap into and, and talk through all things fat. My favorite part about working on Matter of Fat is really twofold. I was so excited to be part of this as I continued on my own journey to be come into my own fatness. Uh, I spent a lot of my time in my adulthood trying to combat that, and I have reached this point where it was a detriment to my mental health. And I was focusing on the wrong things, and so when I met Kat and got to start and learn more from, you know, from Kat, and I really started to realize that there is this, like, whole world out there that I didn't know existed that where I, where I would be welcomed and I wouldn't have to kill myself for to to diet and I could um, find people like me who had that same mindset and so when the opportunity to join the matter of fat team came up it 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 made sense because it was that it was that way to kind of push myself even further into that journey and so not so so that was the selfish reason why what the best part of coming out of that has been just um, furthering my own journey as a, as a fat person, and then also I the folks that I've gotten to work with, Kat and Sreya, and the other assistants, um, Lindsay and Erin. What a blessing! What a blessing to work with such smart and capable and warm and funny humans. I will, um, this will always be an opportunity that, uh, that I will be so glad that I got to be a part of. Um, and I am so lucky to have been a part of it. Thank you. Thank you for all of your hard work this season. We appreciate all three of you so, so much. Thinking about all the work that we wanted to do this season just would not have been possible without your help. We have, you know, a newsletter. We've got transcripts. Our Instagram story game is like exponentially better than it has been before. Um, Podlocks, surveys, and it's just so much fun to check in with these three ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess, honestly, that you mentioned something that leads to uh, another best, which have been our podlucks. Ooh, you yes. know, we've been intending to do some type of like regular event kind of thing, but then the world went virtual, uh, but it made this addition to our routine so much more manageable. Um, and I just think our podlucks have been even better than I imagined, maybe because of the virtual nature of them. So good. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who are just catching up, podlucks are 
the monthly virtual get-togethers that we have where we discuss a podcast episode as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. So we'll choose an episode from another podcast and then chat about it. It's kind of like um, a book club, except we're discussing a podcast episode and thinking about it from a lens of intersectional fat liberation. They've just been really great. For me, it is such a joy to see people's faces and to hear from folks. Um, and it feels like everyone who is part of our podlux was just really open and thoughtful and really engaged in our conversations. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that part. And I also have like so many podcasts in my library that I haven't listened to for various reasons, like mood, time of day, topic. I mean, I could go on and on about why I don't listen to the podcasts that have been recommended to me. But selfishly, the Podlucks have provided an amazing opportunity for me to listen more intently about topics that I care about but didn't make the time for otherwise. So that was really wonderful, one of the best outcomes of that. And I mean, truly, though, the best part was getting to talk with other people about it. Like, so cool. The community there, amazing. Yeah. This year has been so weird and also so long. I mean, (laughs) we can't forget about the whole two pre-pandemic months we had at the beginning of the year. We talked about a little, we talked a little bit about them earlier. Um, They were actually like really lively for both of us personally and for the pod. It feels like it was a dream. Um, However, we we quickly settled into recording from home and putting together, I mean, like all of this. Um, So we have some more. 2020 personal and seasonal bests that we'd like to dive into. Yes. Okay. First up, Saria, what's the best part of recording from home? Yeah. I mean, it was such a change. So KFAI was where we were formally recording and Mm -hmm. it was such a great cocoon for this project. And I think we're just so grateful to Mason and all the rad volunteers who are putting their life into great programming for that community radio station because it's a wonderful place. Yeah. I I miss the connection to the community through being there. Um, But this was the push for me to develop my skills as an audio engineer. And like even more, it's been kind of liberating to try things and see them actually work out. Like, okay, how are we going to record this from home? I don't know. Let's like do some research on these microphones and like, Mm -hmm. let's try this platform Mm -hmm. to help see if it'll allow us to, you know, record safely and consistently. And it's just been fun to see that um, work out. Uh, and then I think another favorite or best part of it is the photos of us in our makeshift recording studios, <laughs> aka various fabrics. Yep. I'm under my flannel sheet as yes. we speak. Mm-hmm. I'm under my sweatshirt blanket mm-hmm. and, well. And I'm like, I will say like, I'm too warm today because the heat's on in here. In the summer, I'm too warm. But there were like a few months there where it was perfectly cozy under here. <laughs> Only I'm a, a little months. cold. So if you hear some chattering, you know what what that's about. But um, okay. Yeah. And Saraya, you talking about like developing your skills as an audio engineer. I think one of the like recording from home things that has really tested you are all of the sounds on my end that you try to edit out, but can't always because my radiators are just... Just so bumpy, and my cat is just so loud sometimes. <laughs> the unofficial third co-host of the podcast, really, Vivi coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I mean the best parts of recording from home for me are just that it's so much more comfortable. It's like okay, gonna buckle in under my flannel sheet. If we need to take a break, it's easy. It's fun. 
Um, I can use my own bathroom. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> I'm just much more comfortable here than um, in, like, the cold, dark studio. Because, you know, we were always there so late at night. Yeah. I guess maybe that's another benefit is that like um, the pandemic has especially has and recording from home has allowed our schedules to be a little bit more flexible and um, to be able to record like in the evenings instead of 11 p.m. Yeah, like slightly less nocturnal. Yes, just slightly. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're on separate tracks now. So with the new like with our setup this way. So I'm not always so much louder than you. <laughs> I mean, you are, but we don't hear it in post, which is great. That's I the think, thing. I yeah. mean, the, you know, the people don't hear it as pronounced as we did before. We tried right. so many things, and I always was so much louder. It's like, oh, my God. That is, I guess there's probably some kind of metaphor there to our lives and me as a person. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, like, as you giggle there for a moment, I think we should just talk about our best silly moments. Oh, we just, I feel like this whole project is full of silly moments I think general giggles just are the most fun um I guess I can't think of like any well I do remember when WAP came out how Uh like we we had our scheduled night we were over FaceTime and you're like what you didn't see this video yet you're like you need to watch it and you need to keep me on the phone so I can see how you respond to it um (laughs) that was so good it was so good really really good so that was um and that was a very fun, silly moment that I still think about. How about for you? Mm. I I think we just like to have fun, right? Yeah. So, like, anything we do, we also like to enjoy a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I was talking about earlier, anything we put into the podcast, like, it has to be life-giving in some respect for us to want to keep doing it. Yeah. Um. So, like, even when it's hard, we're still there to generate positivity. And I think that imbues uh, a natural silliness into what we do. Yeah. So, the the <laughs> probably the best silly moments are when we roast each other. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's like a special form of hell for me to go back and edit those episodes and hear how much of a jerk I can be. <laughs> But also, have I changed? No, I haven't changed. So I think I'm still funny. Um, I think you're funny. It's all in good fun. Yeah. So um, funny moments. And then I think maybe our collective most silly moment of the whole season that I still just get such a kick out of is how we talk about being your friends in the podcast business, like the Shane oh commercial. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. That that's so 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 good. Um us okay, this is probably nobody wants to hear us just laughing and reminiscing about this, but like we did so many takes trying to sound like Tom Shane. We don't we didn't we did not achieve it. They were both we there tried. on an outro, but we didn't do very well. We stick around to the end. There are some good episodes this season with some fun and funny and ridiculous things at the end of them. Yeah. Um yeah, that was pretty good. Also, I will say just like silly moments uh, in the show notes. Sometimes I'll try to like put in random phrases and weird things to see if Kat will catch them. You do fun things. stuff in the show notes. And I, you're always like, we can edit if we need to. I never edit. I just, no, we don't. I'm just always like whatever kind of weirdness you got in there, I'm here for it. It's already there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these are like, these are so much us. I think we should talk about Maybe like our best audience interaction. That'd be cool. Oh, I love that. Okay. I feel like I just have so many 
So many things. So I think one, we've already talked about how like podlucks were awesome because we got to see people's faces. Um, That was awesome interaction. I had a few style sessions with folks this year who were big old fans. And it was just like really cute and sweet to talk to them about the pod and just like, oh, it was such an honor for someone to be a fan of this project that we, you know, work on together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess maybe there's more things. So we, I know we've discussed this, you and I, Soraya, I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod, but it feels like this season, people are just generally like engaging with us a bit more and like are sharing a bit more and are sharing with us more, you know, like mm-hmm. um, when we talk about different topics, maybe sharing something with a, a story with us that relates to it. And um, it's just been really cool to be more in conversation with people. Oh, okay. But if I had to pick one interaction, mm-hmm. it would be this. So recently I saw someone, I won't name them, but I saw someone, um, cause I'm like, you know, on all of our socials. So I saw them like our podcast on Instagram and then like our podcast on Facebook and then like my shop and then friend me on Instagram and probably friend you on Instagram, but you're not going to do it because you don't friend anyone. <laughs> um, and I was like, who is this person? So I went to their page and it was just, oh my God, it was like the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Someone who like recently started a new Instagram and is like recently coming into body positivity and one of the few pictures on their Instagram page was a screen grab of the of their email from Weight Watchers that said like we've received your request to end Weight Watchers, um, and it was just like oh my gosh, this person is new to body positivity, has quit Weight Watchers, and is here for this learning and growth. And oh my gosh, it was just like I ju- it felt like uh, <laughs> like magic. It's like that's the exact hope that we have, like the kind of influence I hope that we have on folks to reconsider things that aren't serving them and to replace it with things that are more liberatory. And I think um, I just that that interaction with that person was just incredible. And then we also DM'd a bit after that. But I just gosh, that is like one of my favorite moments of the season. Yeah. I just I'm so astonished when somebody shares with us that our project, this like harebrained idea, it wasn't harebrained, but like this random idea that I didn't, I was like, well, we'll try it. I don't know. It probably won't work. You're very noncommittal. Right. (laughs) Manage those expectations, babe. Yeah. Um, But like to know that it's made a difference in somebody's life in a positive way is just, um, it's like the best that I could hope for in the world to make a good impression and help somebody feel better about themselves. So that's beautiful. I think similarly for me at one of the podlucks, um, it was so much fun to see people all over the country tuning Mm -hmm. into that and just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, speaking up or or being quiet as they needed to process some of the information we were talking through. But at the end of our most recent one, this was really meaningful for me. Somebody shared that they have really great friends and family um, who they can talk through some of these topics with, but it's not quite the same as having a group of people who understand what being fat means and yeah. like how that colors your world. And they felt like they were in community with people. And that, oh, that hit me um, yeah. real hard because that was our truest intent for the Podlucks and for our work here and to have somebody say like, oh, I really felt like this was meaningful and I got to talk with people and not feel alone in the world. Not that those were their words verbatim, but um, just hearing that spoken out loud is 
amazing yeah amazing so 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 good mm-hmm. oh keep them coming y'all like we just look forward to continuing to engage with our audience into the next season and and beyond you know and beyond, <laughs> and beyond. uh okay next best Saria, what do you think are the best outtakes of the season Oh my god. Uh oh, there are probably hours of breathing and mouth sounds and <laughs> me you, um <laughs> you telling Vivi to be quiet. Um and us being like nosy about our neighbors. But oh no no no. I have my favorite one. We were I don't remember what episode it was for. It's but kind of recent, I think. Like a like a month or two ago. Okay. I don't know, but like I was really like into the gist of what we were talking about and i like legit pronounced focus focus yep you and sure I just did kept it moving like i didn't even didn't even realize no i think i did realize it like i said it i was like huh <laughs> like in the middle of a sentence or something like that and we just laughed for like 30 minutes about focus and then every time we've said something wrong since then we're just one of us will mumble just like focus <laughs> yep yeah that was it just because like when you were just plowing through the sentence the first time around like it just took you quite a beat to notice like what was going on that was good that was a really good one I think we were we would have been like trying to get that episode done for so long too and then I was so scared uh the next time for the next take of it I was like don't fuck it up don't (laughs) language don't don't mess it up don't f it up (sighs) and then I think I blacked out and I was like by the end of it I was like Kat did I say it and you're like yeah you did fine I was like I don't know I just did it (laughs) oh gosh uh, what was your favorite outtake? My favorite outtake actually was intended to be an outtake, but then was included in our episode. So when we did the, the microaggression mini, we were like done talking through everyone's situations and scenarios. And then you and I were just chatting and we still had the thing on record. And I mean, like, I mean, we were truly just chatting. So like I wasn't, you know, thoughtfully talking into the microphone, but mm. I was like, you know, like it's and I was just like, um thinking through how your the way you process through things and the way I process through things like our suggestions were just like so different Mm -hmm. and also so aligned with who we are as people Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and we had like this long talk about it and then at the end you're like oh I think we should include this Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay and we did and I just think it was so um like an accidental such an accidental thing that was really lovely to be able to include in that mini-sode yeah that was a good one wow I think, okay, so if we're thinking about outtakes, maybe we talk about stuff that wasn't, like, specifically captured on on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So what about uh, Best Adventure pre-pandemic? Those two beautiful months before we knew what would come. <laughs> we had no idea. We probably thought those were trash months, too, and we yeah. had no idea. Honestly, yeah. Um, it was So we went to Chicago, and I know we mentioned this earlier, but um, our friend Michael invited us to come to DePaul University to talk about fat liberation, to be in conversation um, with him and students, uh, and it was awesome, and we stayed with our friend Susan, also who you heard on the microaggression episode. We're really just keeping it all together. Um, we went to King Spa, and then Saray and I drove back together and stopped at this amazing pie place. And it was just Norsky like Nook. Norsky Nook. Oh, and then you, Saraya, months later, create recreated the pie recipe for me for my birthday. Uh-huh. Oh my god! I just 
that Chicago little adventure was such a delight. And I think even more, it was awesome when it was happening, but like knowing that was one of the few things we got to do and that we got to do together in real life this year made it even more special. Yeah. Oh, Chicago was great. Um, I guess there wasn't a lot of time. Like I still, like I graduated. Uh, yeah. I attended commencement during that time, but that wasn't like a podcast adventure. So what's interesting is when I was thinking about this, I actually went to a place that wasn't pre-pandemic adventuring. Mm. Um, so like clearly I <laughs> didn't read the prompt. Okay. <laughs> but I was thinking that like this wasn't so much of an adventure, but like a moment that was really meaningful to me and mm-hmm. to be with you during the protests in June. Yeah. So like the tension about the pandemic and the murder of Mr. Floyd was just like so much but um the fact that we could be there together not necessarily as matter of fact but just as like two friends processing all of the emotions and tensions together and solidarity with mm-hmm. our neighbors and people from all over the country was just like really important and I will remember that for my entire life yeah yeah that's so. to me too yeah yeah I'm glad you mentioned that, even though it wasn't pre-pandemic. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, I hadn't been, I mean, I'm fortunate enough not to, like, have to go out to work and I can work from home and, and like, be in my bubble. Um, and so that was a big, like, that whole time was a big choice to be like, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be with people. And, like, you and I decided to. to yeah. Not, yeah. And so that was really special in the yeah. midst of all of that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's also talk about our best accomplishment for Matter of Fat this year. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. I am really proud of our mini-sodes. Like, I, I wonder, I don't know if you all, like, I don't know, could sense the vibe as we were talking through them earlier. But, like, they were just, like, very... We worked very hard on them. We researched a lot and had a lot to share. And I feel really proud that like these um, these minisodes can be cited by others, right? Like if you need to share, you know, what fat liberation is with someone else, like listen to our 14-minute minisode and educate yourself or educate those around you. So like I just I'm so proud of those. Um, and I would say another accomplishment um I'm really proud of our work with TPT. I love how we were able to like write the article that corresponded with the piece um, that came out around fitness and fatness. So those are the the two big things I think that are, I would say, our best accomplishments this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And also my bar is significantly lower. (laughs) Like, probably have this project through a pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I still can't believe we pulled it off. (laughs) We did it. We did it. Yeah, we did it. And I think, you know, maybe this is time to get personal. Do you want to oh. want to dive into some personal 2020 best ofs? Okay, so we do have some personal prompts um, and they are like very rooted in our 2020 realities. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. We also got some um, some of uh, some responses from our awesome assistants who uh, chimed in on a few of these as well. Okay. So let's let's what should um, we start with? Let's do best escapism media for three hundred, Alex. Oh rip. 
Oh, oh. God, 2020 is the worst. 2020 okay. did a lot. We'll yeah. Just keep her moving. Best, best, best escape, escape is in media. media. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I think, I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast, but I somehow watched all eight seasons of Homeland in like a month Um. early <laughs> on in the pandemic. Dark time. <laughs> a really dark time. Uh, it's been all about the suspenseful stuff for me. Like that's been my greatest escape. And I think it's because um, – uh, like my personal emotions are just so intense. I need something even more intense to distract me. <laughs> and I found that in suspense media, specifically TV, Homeland was like the the pinnacle of it. Like it was the best. And I mean, it wasn't, there was obviously issues with that series, but it really captivated me. Um, I also find some of that suspense, unfortunately, uh, in uh, cop shows, which I know are cop propaganda, uh, but I regret to inform you that I have not been able to kick that habit. Uh, they just feel very suspenseful, too. And then kind of hard pivot romance novels, of course. They have been <laughs> just the best. They have been and continue to be my favorite escape. Um, and then one other, I mean, I've read other audiobooks that haven't been romance novels, but one incredible one that I have to mention that I know you just finished reading, Soraya, yes. is Alyssa Cole's When No One Is Watching. Oh my God. I, uh, I mean, hot off the presses yesterday, just finished it. It's incredible. And the audiobook is exceptional. The narrators are just like, it is expert narration, and the narrators are so perfectly suited to the characters that they read for. Oh, it's just so good. Mm-hmm. If you like the movie Get Out, I think you will love this this book. It's wonderful. We'll, we'll um, link it because it is just it is worth worth a link in our show notes to be sure. So my escapism medium has actually been audiobooks. Yes. You finally got me, dude. Yes. Finally. It just took a pandemic and a lot of time at home. Um it was if like listening to audiobooks was a good way to keep moving and like do other activities Mm -hmm. but still take in a story um so there's been a lot that i've read and listened to this year which is good uh but i also just like (laughs) with this i was like how long has 2020 actually been (laughs) so i looked up a list of all the shows that released on netflix in 2020 and i just like we've lived through at least three years of programming (laughs) it's it's just absolutely absurd um and i i can't so instead of telling you my outright bests i'm going to share a melange of what i watched that falls into two categories okay okay um actually good things and the worst best thing oh i want i'm so excited for your list because like i can already i already know some of the things that'll be on here yeah, and I didn't like I didn't finish all of these, but some I did. And you won't know which is which. You won't know which oh one they're finished. You're, <laughs> you're not gonna know which one I think is actually good and which one I think is bad. It's just all of them for you to like. Wow. Take okay. It. Give us okay. that list. <laughs> some of them released this year, others no. Brought brought them back. So okay. Sweet Magnolias. Do we know about that one? Ugh. I got through 20 minutes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I think you told the audience a little bit of where I got with that one too. <laughs> Similar, Heart of Dixie. Huh. Did not huh. watch. Rachel Bilson. Uh, great. Oh, right. From the OC from when we were young. After, yeah. Sure. Well, this is more recently and yep. just as ridiculous, if not more ridiculous. <laughs> Here's a fun one for you. Warrior Nun. 
Didn't hear about that one. Warrior Nun, Netflix. It was a release. I think it took place in Italy. Oh. Because they definitely uh, branched out and brought in, like, other programming from other countries this year. Oh, yeah, With they a did. a title like that, how could you not? Right. Um, <laughs> Warrior Nun. Okay. Teenage Bounty Hunters. Another doozy of a title. Yep. <laughs> really just <laughs> went into some dark places. Again, you don't know. Did I watch all of it? Did I watch none? Well, like a portion of it, like 20 minutes of it. We don't know. October Faction. A little supernaturally. A little another. You know, Netflix just really turned out content, and I don't know how they did it. Um, Here's a Hulu one. Woke. That was great. Did I watch that? I can't think of what that's even about. Um, It has. It has. It's played by Lamorne Morris. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch this. It's, it's quite wait, good. It's really bad, though, right? No, it's good. No, no. Well, I'm telling you now, I guess. No, okay. it's good. It has Sashir Zameda in it. Too. Oh, okay. I'm confusing this with another thing that he's in that's bad that came out this year. I can't new remember girl? what it is, though. Oh, I watched that. I sure watched that. Yeah. What not New that? Girl. It's, oh, it's no. another one. Yeah. It's another Netflix, but yeah. that's a movie. Yep. Bad, I watched right? that. That was yep. bad. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, it also has Blake Anderson in it for all the workaholics fans out there. Okay, in any case, woke. I would say that's a good one. Uh, too hot to handle. Is no, not not something I tuned into. Wow. Okay, Aquafina is Nora from Queens. Um, Emily in Paris. <laughs> um, <laughs> gossip girl. You and your gossip girl. girl hard this recently very hard okay do you know that it's leaving actually this is an update i should have given you <gasps> off air it's leaving netflix at the end of the year my coach shannon is also in, very into gossip girl and the other day i was like you and soraya bogani to her because she always shows it on her story and I'm just like oh my god the only two people in my entire life who ever talk about gossip girl ever you and shannon um okay. And so she told me to tell you that it's leaving in case you didn't know. Oh, thank you. No, this is good. In real time, we're figuring this out. Um, yeah. Okay. I will say I think this was much more of like a comfort watch. Not that any of the content is comforting. It is a, it's, it's like a soap. It is a soap opera. I'm pretty sure it was on the soap opera channel for a long time. Oh. Um, I will say the music is excellent. It's oh. so good. And going back to it is like the perfect time capsule of popular music at the time um but like good popular music so mm -hmm. yeah there's that um i'm not done yet though okay there's quantico we got we got more i got, oh, I got you, you got me into quantico so good that suspense too that oh it, it'll it'll wrap you up mm, oh that good cop again mm, it'll yep. get you and it's okay. also like fbi so is it any better no, no. but it may but i can pretend it is yeah, can. it's all fantasy baby yep um outer banks that was suspenseful. It was. You got me into that too. And I I it wasn't like my fave fave, but I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. Dave. Dave. I forgot I that came out this year. The longest year. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, let's see. There's this show called Travel Man that's like a British show with um Richard Ayoade. Um, so I watched a lot of YouTube episodes of that. Uh oh. Black AF. Uh that was released I on Netflix. That came out. Yeah. I know. Mm -hmm. Floor is Lava, um, Insecure, uh, Shit's Creek. Oh, which and... really had a moment this year, ending Ugh. everything. I know. I mean, perfect timing, really. Yeah. And then uh, Queen Sono. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Ashley, you were the one who suggested I watch. Well, because so. I heard the per- I heard like the director or the producer of it being interviewed on NPR, and he said that like uh, Homeland was one of his inspirations. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, gotta watch this. <laughs> it all comes together. Yeah. Um, and I know this isn't riveting, <laughs> like podcasting right now. So there are more, there are others, but my brain is clearly worms after all of this. Yeah. So- you know, that's all you're going to get. This is quite the list, Soraya. I would Thank talk you. about, I mean, escapism. Um, and for another tidbit uh, for escapism media, Lindsay weighed in. Hey, everyone. It's Lindsay. I wanted to share my favorite piece of escapism media from this year with y'all, which was definitely the Boulet Brothers' Dragula. So it's a drag competition show. Um, you can watch a couple seasons of it on Netflix. But it's all like horror drag artists, primarily queens. But in the seasons that I watched, there was like one king and some other just general drag artists. Um, They just have these like incredible challenges. The talent is off the wall. Like the looks they create are so incredible. Sometimes they're really creepy. Sometimes they're really extreme. Um, I don't know. I just really loved it. And I expected to like it but I was really really taken by it the way that they shoot the floor shows where everyone shows off their looks is so like dramatic and engaging Um, it's definitely a reality show like there were parts of it where there's drama that's like kind of corny but there were also some really like real parts you know that make you like a little bit emotional I just really loved it like more than I expected to so I would really highly recommend if you're interested in like horror or like drag or even just like a competition reality show, I really don't think you can go wrong if you stream a Dragula. All right, let's let's get into informative media. Ooh, good call. I I guess I will name two things. Um, the first is the daily podcast from the New York Times. This um, like I started listening every day because it was on my daily drive on Spotify, and I just now I sometimes don't listen to my daily drive, but I'll seek this podcast out. It just feels very informative um, and it's where I've gotten a lot of information about a lot of things but especially corona in ways that feel like factual and not sensationalized and very helpful um, and then also a book that came out toward the end of the year that I recently read well listened to of course um, called what we don't talk about when we talk about fat by Aubrey Gordon who was um used to be used to write anonymously as your fat friend and now is in the world uh without a pen name and with just her uh, and came out with this book that was very well put together it was a great book um and kind of does a lot of honestly what we try to do in our minisodes it like really breaks down um different i don't know parts of fat life reality um sharing stories from people but also talking about the information to like really back up um the injustices that fat people are experiencing um similarly for me actually is maintenance phase which is aubrey's podcast that launched recently look at her two times in our best informative media yeah because it just does a great job of breaking down a lot of the concepts that we are interested in and she and michael hobbs do a great job of putting out some good content so i thought that was good informative media um as far as podcasts go i also just really enjoy planet money um did you get your your planet money thing this summer tell the people about that that was so incredibly cute they did this summer school um, kind of 
program where you could listen to different uh, episodes that they put together to cover really specific topics in economics. And I didn't get it in time. So I didn't get my diploma from the Planet Money School. But I love that they did that. That was just really creative. Also, their TikTok is on fire. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I say that as if I'm on TikTok. I still don't have a TikTok. So I I, had a TikTok and then I got rid of it. (laughs) Well, I hope that they share those on Instagram Reels because that's where someone of my age lives. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's also on their Twitter. So it's fine. (laughs) Um, I think TikTok as a whole has been informative and escapist media, Mm -hmm. actually. I'll put that out there. Um, And then I think there was another informative media piece that that we were talking about you should actually you should talk about it it's the instagram um morning show that we've oh yeah oh that's so great yeah so more recently here um there is this like it feels like a very local slightly snarkier version of the daily show um from on-site public media called good morning minneapolis uh um, hosted by Toussaint is it Morrison. Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's been actually keeping me very informed. It like, they spare no detail um, or snark when uh, talking about uh, our city council and our mayor and the, you know, decision makers in our city. Um, they also share a lot of like mutual aid opportunities and good stuff going on in the community as well. It's so much fun to see that and kind of similar well, not similar, but more of like that kind of public um, informative media. I would say Unicorn Riot. Really oh, came yeah. On my radar this year. That's, yeah. More than ever before for me. Yeah. Something really powerful about like seeing your city through the lens um, of people who are on the ground trying to tell true stories instead yeah. of like the bigger narratives that maybe get packaged up for later presentation. Yeah, absolutely. They're a great one to mention. Um, I mean, like, to go in that space, like, maybe we talk about some coping mechanisms outside of media. So, like, what has been um, a coping mechanism that you've enjoyed or a few? Uh, Okay, I guess I have two I can share. The first is this year I (laughs) – it's so dorky. Why are you laughing so much? I'm scared. I really got into this coloring app on my phone. Um, it's called Happy Color, and it's free. And it's oh my my banging radiator is trying to like make this commercial for Happy Color not be great. Um, it's called Happy we're Color. Not sponsored. No, we're not. It's okay. called Happy Color. It's free. It's like a color by number thing, and every day they release new one like new coloring sheets. Um, and some of them I don't like, like the Disney ones I'm not into, but I really love drawing people because like the hair is really, or drawing, coloring in people because their hair is really fun to do. And then I like food and I like the travel ones and sometimes like the decor ones. Anyway, I, I just, I'm so into the, and like, so what I do if I really need to chill out is like, I will lay in bed or lay on my couch and watch a TV show, either something suspenseful or something like simple that I've watched a million times before. And I'll just color Frasier. Oh my God. Frasier all year. (laughs) Um, Or sometimes I'll listen to my audiobooks and color in my app, but like that has just really been great. Uh, I will say though, I think it's bad for me in some ways too, because it's like bad for my eyes. It's also bad for my finger. Like I'm just like on my phone two more hours a day than I need to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But God, I love it. And then I guess, oh, go ahead. Would you do like normal color by number stuff, you think? 
Maybe, but I don't think I'd find it as satisfying because it wouldn't look as good. Like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, I have, like, Mm -hmm. coloring books. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Just interesting. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I used to, um, I used to play this game called Two Dots on my phone. And, um, like, I was addicted. Also, like, not very good at it. Um, So this is great because it requires (laughs) zero skill. Um, And also, like, it's everything's free. So, like, sometimes on Two Dots, like, I would be compelled to, like, buy upgrades, which, like, no one needs to spend money on that. Um, And on on, um, Happy Color, I don't need to pay for anything. It's just always there. So that's That's been a huge coping mechanism this year. And then also – my two of my besties they're married we are on like a snapchat I I think the kids are calling it a streak I don't know if we have a streak really but it's like we have the snapchat group and we just like talk to each other all every day um and it is just like such a gift and we always used to be in touch there um but this year it's felt so much more important because we haven't been able to see each other as much in real life um especially now that it's getting colder and we can't be in the backyard together Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's really good technology is coping. That's yeah. Good. How about you? Um, so like as for like an activity on your phone. Mm-hmm. So do you remember that part of the pandemic when everybody was like, I live in Animal Crossing? Oh now. my gosh. Yeah, I never did, but everyone else seemed to. Well, did you? We well, we no, I don't have I don't have I have a Wii. <laughs> That's like the extent of my gaming that I've ever owned in my life. I never even had a Game Boy as a kid. So like uh I though do have a phone and Nintendo does have Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is what it's called mm-hmm. and it's basically a smaller version of Animal Crossing New Horizon. So wow. I have I have kept up with it. I have it's okay. Real cute. It's real cute and it's real easy and it is something satisfying about doing very easy tasks and like you you can only do them for so long before like there are no more apples to connect collect yeah, or yeah. no more shells to collect. And um I'm like a level 120 or something at this point. Okay. It's ridiculous. Um, but very satisfying. So there's that and I think walking yeah. has been like a coping mechanism for me. Uh, not that I get to like go on long walks every day. Uh, I just don't like where I live in the city. I don't think in the times of day that I can do it based on my work aren't like conducive to doing that. But I love I love going and checking out a new trail. And actually, my mom and I have oh, yeah. pretty routinely on the weekends gone out to a less populated place and taken in a walk together. So that's been nice. Um, yeah. Uh, other things, listening to music. I've really gotten into listening to music again. So that's been a nice coping mechanism. And I miss concerts. Like I think prior to the pandemic, I was like, eh, I could take or leave a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like, yep, yep. Need them. Can't wait. Want them. Can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, but like, it's also comfortable to not you know, go out and about uh, and wear whatever you want from the comfort of your own home. So maybe, maybe we talk about what was the comfiest thing that you wore? Oh, hands down my universal standard bike shorts. Okay. They're just so comfy. And I just like, I'm home a bunch and I just, well, even when I'm not home, I'm just like very athleisured out. So it's bike shorts or leggings, but these bike shorts are really like my home routine. 
um, or my home uniform rather. And then mm-hmm. I'm in sports bras. And as we've discussed previously on the pod, I like a good house shoe. Um, and actually, I w- I now have a pair of shoes, that, a pair of Birkenstocks that I only wear in the house. They like arrived last year without the buckle and like they were broken when they came, which like Birkenstock, come on. Um, and I, w- I missed my return window, which is like hashtag classic cat. Um, but I was like, well, if I'm just wearing these inside. Like they don't need to look cute. So I like with some twine like like, oh, no. like made a buckle or like tied them together so now I just wear them around my house all the time um and that's what I wear every time I'm home <laughs> I don't know why but when you said twine and like you trying to like rig your shoe together it reminded me that I should add survivor to my watch list oh yeah you and Alex I remember he mentioned that in his interview yeah but I just yeah I just watched it recently and remembered Ooh. how great it is um, and ridiculous. Also, I think I like it more than I did as a kid because uh, Jeff Probst is like mean. He's really mean in it. And you I know? love it. Yeah, he's the host. Uh, and so like when they're doing all these competitions, he'll be like, wow, really failing at this competition. <laughs> Somebody's in the midst of it. And then like when a team doesn't win at the end, he'll be like, got nothing for you. Go on home. <laughs> very funny oh, wow. to me. yeah um okay so for me though like bringing it back to what we were talking about yeah, which is thing. thing it's the same answer the leggings universal oh, standard yeah. leggings they're like butter and they only get like more comfortable over time but they start out very comfortable so mm-hmm. that's all i got i think but i i don't know i still really liked wearing dresses and stuff and like fun clothes inside the comfort of my own home so oh, I love that I think that's important too like um comfort has become queen this this year um and also it's nice to be able to dress up and um I know like for ourselves right because I think it can be such a mood booster yeah which is actually didn't we talk about that in one of our episodes about like dressing however you want is like yeah particularly important in the pandemic yeah so yeah covered we already done already covered okay so comfy done crying (laughs) here we go another hallmark of the year 2020 such a natural transition yeah (laughs) but like (laughs) what is the best cry that you've had this year oh my gosh i think i've cried more this year than i have since i was like a teenager i mean (laughs) hello waterworks Uh uh i okay i would put two really great cries above the rest, which I will share with you. Um, and I would say most of the other cries in my life are just like when I'm in the car listening to music. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, that, that is what really does it for me. Um, but, and I guess like one of my notable cries was not too far off. Um, so before the pandemic hit, I actually went to Germany for two weeks and had just like the most wonderful vacation. Um, and it was just so full of emotion cause I hadn't been back in 10 years. And there was this moment when I was on the train from Munich to back to Frankfurt where I was like rounding up my trip. Um, And I had just been spending time with some of my friends that I see like we see each other every five years. So I hadn't seen them for five years. And 
we spent the weekend together in Munich and I'm on the train and I'm like listening to music. And it was just like a day in the sun. It was like the outside looks so beautiful and we're moving so fast. And I love train travel and I'm sitting in this comfy thing and I'm thinking, oh my God, in two days I have to go home. And I just had the best cry um, Mm -hmm. on my German train. And so that was, that was definitely, I don't know, one of the best. It just like feels that trip was just so full of emotion for me. Um, And I think crying is just like such a good release you know Mm -hmm. so that was one and the other was I will share a little insider info with the people listening to the podcast yeah you know this story but the most of the world doesn't so and I won't share too much but um this summer the whole summer I was part of a very long like interview audition process for something pretty big that I was really excited about and was really like all in for like I was I just worked really hard um, through this process and was really focused. Um, And it was good for me because the summer was really rough. And so it was like something to be able to spend my energy on. Um, And I made it to the very, 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 very end. Um, And then at the at like the last possible, you know, we want you or we don't. um, They decided they didn't want me. Um, And I like around that time just had the most like in my feelings, cry myself to sleep night. Um, and it was just so good for me. You know, it was like this, I had, there was so much like pent up energy and emotion in this whole process. And it was just good for me to like, let myself be sad for a minute, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just like kind of cry it out. And then I won't say that like that was done, snap my fingers, everything's better. But I think like that big, allowing myself to have that big moment of just like, oh, I suck so much. Um, uh, release of energy and emotion like was really helpful in me trying to trying to move move through it you know mm-hmm. yeah I appreciate how you frame that because like a cry is complex I think a lot of times oh, people yeah. just associate it with sadness or disappointment but it's like so many things and the fact that it could be cathartic for you in that way is really beautiful well thank um, you yeah. What about I, you? Tell me about any good cries you had this year. I don't like I don't like any of my cries, I don't think. No. I um I cry more, that's for sure. 2020 uh, baby. <laughs> uh, the year of the tears. Um I cuz I think uh there's just a lot of tension at all times. Yeah. Or like an undercurrent of strong intense emotions at all times. And right. so I'm more predisposed like okay, you show me something where somebody's being just like kind to somebody on TV or like <laughs> <laughs> just like the simplest things like yep, I'm going to cry. Okay, it's time for me to cry now. Like the, there's a reason why I there's lots of reasons why I don't watch like um Queer Eye. And then um there's a lot of reasons why I don't watch This Is Us, but like part of it is because the producer have manufactured ways for people to have like emotive responses and I feel like I'm already on that I'm like on that time step <laughs> so I do not need to watch these shows because I'm gonna cry anyways um I think okay one that that does come to mind I was walking I was taking a long walk outside and I was listening to this book it's called Pet and it's beautiful. And I really cried because at one point, um, it's like a, a young character assigned male at birth. And then they're like basically coming out um, as like transgender to their 
parents Mm -hmm. and it's an it's an alternate like a near future reality it's a little bit different but their parents are just like oh sorry about that like we love you like thank you for telling us and I just like broke down in the woods because I was like why can't it be this easy for everyone like why can't it be that easy for people to just accept uh people who they are and the way that this author imagined that and wrote it out on paper was just so revelatory to me Mm. so that was a good cry i guess um go read that book yeah a cry brought on by an audiobook yeah (laughs) yeah here for it yeah that book is beautiful and also like really difficult too at the same time um Mm. but yeah i think that's that's where i'm at kindness is really getting me yeah but i mean that's like i don't know a sweet lovely thing to be moved to tears over Mm mm-hmm I just yeah. want more of it, you know? Just yeah. make me cry all the time, please. Yeah. <laughs> For another big good cry, we have uh, one that Cindy shared with us. My biggest cry or like the best cry I've had this year is a little bit embarrassing. So I have extreme anxiety a lot of the times. And so I tend to watch the same shows over and over again because I know what's going to happen. And please don't judge me, but I... Love Grey's Anatomy, okay? And I am doing a rewatch right now. And on, I think it was on Thanksgiving, I watched, if you're watching this, spoiler alert, but it, this is like, this was in like season 11 and the show's on season 17 now. So spoiler alert, but the episode where one of the main characters gets hit by a car and dies and leaves behind his wife and, um, and three and two kids and for whatever reason so I always ball at this episode but I was like uncontrollable sobbing and it was so cathartic because I think it wasn't just like I don't think it was just about that I you know leading up to watching that episode I've just been having a tough time lately and I've been feeling really stressed out um, between school and work and all the other things I have going on in between and so I think I wasn't just crying the loss of, of Derek Shepard but also just everything that is going on right now and all the uncertainty that exists in the world I I I'm gonna admit I probably cried for like half an hour (laughs) so but and then I kept and I kept watching episodes and I just everything after like I just kept crying and it was Wow. I it was a really good cry. Okay, next best thing. Um what is the best thing you ate this year, Soraya? So, Apple is rude and <laughs> they organized all of my pictures from like late last year to like this time this year and put together a video for me and a lot of the food pictures featured uh, food from our LA trip last year. Oh my gosh. Um, I so oh. mad. I am so angry that I can't shove that food in my mouth. It was like this, these amazing salads and soft scrambled eggs from Justa, um, in Venice beach and oh. this amazing croissant from Conby. And 
Then also our Chicago trip too, just like mm-hmm. really, really great food. And it was so pretty too. But um, I guess that doesn't really answer the question. That's just me sharing my ire for not being able to go and eat those How foods. How dare you, right Apple? <laughs> it's so rude. It's so rude. Okay. Um, also, all the food I got to eat in, in New York last week. <laughs> Okay, I'm too much. So the things, the best things that I've eaten this year um, actually like have been based on who gave them to me. And like I I told you, like the kindness makes me cry. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, you took time to make this and then you got it to me in the midst of a pandemic. So like uh, treats from my friends. So like homemade chicken broth, cherry almond scones. Pumpkin spice chocolate chip cookies, um, leftovers from my family, just like all of that is so delicious. And so like, it's like chicken soup for my soul. Chicken soup for the millennial. (laughs) The millennial who lives alone. (laughs) Um, I would say though, like if we're going to talk about some really cool businesses that I've enjoyed this year in particular. Zeta's sandwiches. You love amazing. them. Oh, handmade flatbread, handmade ricotta, and uh, to, like tons of greens thrown mm. in there too. So good. And then Asa's bagels. Killing it. Bialy's. Delicious. Love it. Um, that's me. What, what was the best thing that you've eaten? I honestly cannot answer. I've just eaten so many things this year. Many of them have been incredible. Um, I've been cooking more, which is fun, but I wouldn't say any of my stuff is like the best thing. Um, I've also been like really listening to our governor and getting carry out everywhere. <laughs> Don't you love how he's like, we're not going to give any money um, to these places, but uh, everyone, please go patronize them. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> um, and I just have get- gotten a lot of really great takeout, but <gasps> Okay, well, I think we should talk about how we went and got Grand Catch and then had a picnic. That was amazing. So that was definitely one of the best things. Grand Catch is always like top 10 on my list. So, so, Mm -hmm. so, so good. Yeah, that was really, really good. Okay, so maybe maybe that's just what it is. Maybe I'll say that's the best thing that I ate. And I cannot wait to eat more Grand Catch. (laughs) Oh, my God, I love that place. (laughs) So good. Let's let's hear from Erin, though. Let's hear what she enjoyed. So dealing with the pandemic, though, when you're fat has been hard, <laughs> um, definitely turning to emotional eating and all that stuff. But let me tell you, I have ate some of the best food <laughs> of my life during quarantine. Um, I feel like I have made some of the best food I've ever made. And I'm trying to turn the emotional eating into positive chefing. <laughs> and I love all the food I've been making, but particularly made some incredible larb um this amazing Vietnamese dish and that was one of the best things I think I ever put in my body okay so since I was crying earlier about just like the (laughs) kindness yeah (laughs) let's talk about the most or the best heartwarming moment we've had this year Oh, it's hard for me to pinpoint like one moment exactly, but a series of lots of moments. Um, My cake customers have been so kind to me. I mean, little notes and little gifts and treats and cards and gifts of clothing to cake. I mean, just like so many things from so many people. And it has really just warmed my heart so very much this year. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's just, oh, people are, people are so good and so good to me. Um, so, yeah, I think those are 
my cake customers have created like a real series of heartwarming moments. How about for you? You deserve that. Okay. Um, for me, so during the protests and the riots, I think uh, it was really heartwarming to see our neighborhoods come together mm-hmm. and support each other. It felt really magical. Um, I guess my favorite like moment was when I was doing a, a run to Costco. Uh, so like the cities were completely shut down during that time. Like everything's boarded up, yeah. everything's shut down. Um, and like I went to St. Louis Park, and it felt like a different world. Like nothing was different there, and it felt like a slap in the face. I was mm-hmm. like, "How are you all carrying on your lives when everybody is just like in uproar?" But in any case, I, I like went into Costco, and I ended up in the diaper section. And I don't, I don't know. I've not purchased diapers recently i don't have kids so i don't know the differences between the generic and the huggies or whatever brand Mm -hmm. that you want to talk about and i see another girl there and we're just like kind of standing there like flummoxed as to what we're supposed to do we're like and then we're like which brand do you think is better i don't know which brand do you think is better and it's like we clearly have never had to do this before but we're here for the same reason which is You know, we've gathered money from friends and other people. Um, We ran out here to, like, pick up supplies so we could go drop off to a neighborhood that's in need because, uh, you know, the grocery stores are shut down. All the places are shut down. And it was just, like, that kinship was really amazing. And then I was, like, going to check out. And it's a weekend at Costco yeah. in the pandemic. And it's just like so overwhelming. The lines are long. But then one of the employees like comes over to me. He's like, hey, come over this way. And there's like a secret checkout. And <laughs> he just like checked me out so quickly. And then I realized when I look back at the receipt, which also like I have. And then they also check at the door. Yeah. But he didn't charge me for like the pallets of waters that I had. Oh. And I was just like, wow, like all these little kindnesses just building on each other. Um, I, I think there's like the concept of death by a thousand cuts. And I feel like racism and the injustice in our world is that to so many people all the time. Mm-hmm. But it was like experiencing life by a thousand cares. Uh, I don't oh. know. That's not- <laughs> that's very poetic but it's like these little attempts and these little acts of care and sharing care with others was just really important to see and experience at that time um and then like going to north and seeing how all these volunteers had organized this really efficient system for people to just come through and drop off any resources for that neighborhood and for those families. And it was just like all these people coming together. I think that was the most heartwarming moment for me in 2020. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I talked a lot just then. Um, let's, that is okay. good. I love your I, – I remember hearing the story when it happened about Costco, but it was just like so – it's just like this very like we're all in this together kind of spirit, you know? Yeah. I think oh – and like that was so small in comparison with all the work that volunteers and our neighbors did to like – help provide just life to people during those hard times so i'm just really impressed with that especially since i think the story that people took away is that oh minneapolis is totally destitute minneapolis is ruined from this and it's like "Mm, no not my minneapolis i don't think so um 
but let's let's keep her moving. Let's keep her moving. Oh, I I am you. I am so interested to see how long this episode is. This will definitely be our longest episode it's of the this best, season, baby. But the best deserve the time that we're given to them. So let us let's keep going. Let's keep going. So, what was your best unexpected moment of the year? Okay, I there is just only one big moment that comes to mind and we were together Soraya Mm. so we um so of course this year contained an election um and I was hopeful that Biden would win but also is like not feeling very celebratory like okay well we're gonna like be happy that we did like the least bad thing you know um But uh, you and I had planned, like, not related to any election anything, but that week we had planned to go spend time outside together. So we were mm-hmm. outside and it was this, like, weirdly warm day and you brought me macaroons and we had snacks and also you brought me waffle. I mean, like, I just felt like I was, <laughs> oh my God, we're eating snacks, we're outside, we're spending time together. The weather was lovely. And then, like, people started beeping and stuff. And we're like, oh, what is this jovial? What is this, you know, why are people in such a good mood? And we realized it's because the election had been called. Um, mm. And I just, like, the the feeling of, I don't know, relief and celebration Um caught me off guard because like I said I was not expecting to be happy about this at all you know like more happy than Trump but still like not happy Mm -hmm. but I just it caught me so off guard it felt so good to be there with you and all of these people around us and I mean like the honking cars the people you know playing like party in the USA like (laughs) out of their windows people just you know strangers greeting each other and waving and cheering and honking it honestly like felt like I was in New Orleans um it was just it was such an unexpected moment that I just will it's one of the top moments of my whole year yeah oh such a good one we were hanging out at Lake of the Isles and so there's like a lot of car traffic, but then also people traffic. Mm-hmm. And I think in the pandemic, I've forgotten what it feels like to be in a public setting. Um, just like where you have a, like a shared experience with other people. Yeah. It just feels really removed. And so we were by this one house that just had giant Biden-Harris like posters on it. A very fancy house. And like people were honking. And I have been ignoring the news, like actively ignoring it. I did not think it would be called on that Saturday. And then when I realized what was happening, I was like, wait, what? And I looked at my phone. And the thing is, I heard about the change through other people, like in my life, through texts. Mm -hmm. And then you, and then just like being in the environment. And I think that's also something different too, because news has just dominated everything. I, I think... That's, I don't know, for better or worse, news has really dominated the way that I engage with information. And so the fact that I learned this from my circles and from literally the people honking and playing celebrate. Yeah. (laughs) For like, this is America, which was a weird choice. (laughs) But off the tracks. So the same car driving around multiple times, blaring great music, or like people, the old white man banging a pot and pan and walking around the lake. It was like, this is wacky, but this is also exciting to see joy, see so yeah. much joy in that moment. So, yeah. Uh, oh, we had the good one. Well, we had the same best unexpected moment. Mm-hmm. I love that for us. It was great. 
So good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was a beautiful, unexpected moment. I think we should look ahead to 2021. Also, (laughs) this podcast episode is getting quite long. So what are we looking forward to uh, with the podcast and personally in 2021? You go first, Kat. Oh, 2020. Whoop. Nope. (laughs) I love it. It's got its grips in you. We're gonna we're gonna push it. Let's get into 2021. 2021. Yes. Here we come. Okay. So in terms of matter of fact, you know, I feel like this season we've just gotten better and stronger and established better routines for ourselves. And I think it's been like some growth that's happened continually year after year. So I'm just I don't have a lot of specifics, but I'm just really hopeful for what this next year will bring for us. And I guess one specific I would share is that I think I'm confident in saying that we will start our season earlier this year than the seasons before. I think we've always intended to start them quite early and then they start to come out like May, June time. Um, But I think that it'll be much earlier in 2021. So I'm looking forward to that. You knocking on wood over there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love it though. You're confident. I, I am I'm pr- confident. I'm pretty confident going into the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I guess, you know, uh, uh, something I'm, I don't know. I'm not so sure, uh, what 2021 will bring, but I, I do believe that at some point I'll be able to reopen my shop's storefront, um, and like start to get my business back on track. And that will be really great and really needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of things have been in a bit of a standstill in my world because um, my life is so connected to my work. And I'm just excited to get back to like that strong forward momentum that I really had going for me in the shop. Um, and, you know, to be honest, I haven't really given a lot of thought to my 2021 goals yet. I uh, think there's a lot to be said about that. I'm really dragging my feet. And I think it, I well, if I'm being honest, it's like last year, 2019 was just like a banger year for me. I was so, I achieved almost everything that I had set out to, which is not usually my speed. Usually I have lots of goals and, you know, manage some of them, but I did almost everything. Um, and then this year, you know, has not been as much of a clean sweep. (laughs) There are a lot of things that um, were left undone um, just because of the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. So though my confidence is shaken, I do need to get back to my usual kind of dreaming and scheming self um, and get some 2021 goals on paper. But at this point, I couldn't tell you what they are. Um, I think the other things that I am looking forward to are very much rooted in exiting this pandemic. So I know that's not going to happen as we go into the new year, like right away. But I hope at some point in 2021, I can, you know, touch people, see my mom, eat at a restaurant, go to a group fitness class, oh, go to community acupuncture if they haven't closed because of all mm-hmm. this. Um, of course, we don't know when, but I imagine at some point next year, many of these things might be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like similar for me. And I couldn't really extricate whether what I hope for the future is for 2021 or just like a post pandemic experience feels very interrelated. (laughs) Yeah, but also like not because I think adapting to the end of the pandemic actually might be really challenging for me. Yeah, Uh, I think there are just gonna be some fears or some worries that I have about like fully diving into the world again mm-hmm. uh, but I really do I just want to go other places I yep. just want to travel like the aurora borealis was you know available to us a few days ago and 
I mean, not in Minneapolis. There's too much light pollution. But I was like, oh, my God, I want to go to Iceland to just go watch the Aurora. <laughs> to go. It's like I start looking up travel plans. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> Calm down. Um, but maybe one day uh, and like hugging my friends and family again, I think this is kind of a weird one, but slowing down sounds yeah. so bizarre. But actually in 2020, I've been really busy in the midst of all of this. Um, fortunately, like I had stability with the podcast, with my job and then with NLC being able to like do a whole leadership experience um, and then join the board. So it's been like a lot of different projects for me, which has been fun. Uh, but also like if you kind of chill out a little bit somehow, none of those yeah. things will change next year, but I just think um, figuring out a good way to balance it is really helpful. Yeah. And then yeah, with the podcast, like for 2021, I've always been so tentative with this project. Bless your heart. So you really have. <laughs> but I think we have too. I think every time we go into a season, we're like, we'll do it and we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I I love that the pandemic didn't break this project for us. Aww, I love that so much. Same. And honestly, like, has just been such a light in 2020, you know, and I think we'll continue to be, even when we're not confined to only being in our own homes. <laughs> Did you just bless your heart, me? Yeah. Because <laughs> you have been tentative AF. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll try it, Kat. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't say anything because I said I love when we roast each other. So oh. <laughs> and also, you roast me way more than I roast you. So I don't I'm know gonna... if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to take this one. Uh-huh. I'm just incredibly grateful to you and our audience who have chosen to spend their time with us. Time is precious and the topics we dive into aren't always rosy and fun. We want to share our sincerest love and thanks to everyone listening and supporting our pod. We love you and we appreciate you. I'm astonished at what we've been able to do in this, uh, the most widely destabilizing year in recent history. Yep. Uh, this podcast has been a beautiful project built on friendship and trying to make the world a slightly brighter and kinder and funnier place. And if you've enjoyed our little recap of season three in 2020 and want to join us for more, you can. On Wednesday, December 30th at 7 p.m. Central, we're going to be on Instagram Live and would love for you to come through. There's no in real life end of season celebration this year, obviously, um, but you can join us in the chat and maybe Saraya and I will even be together and can have folks kind of pop into the live with us. That's all very TBD, uh, but we'd love to see you there. Yeah, I just can't wait to celebrate. Same, same, same. And also, would you share Matter of Fat with a friend in the off-season or give us a follow on the socials or rate and review our pod so we can come back even stronger with season four? I think you should. And I think that we wish you rest and peace and joy. And we'll be with you again for season four of Matter of Fat. Matter of Fat.